This podcast is brought to you by Dingle Mount Church. It will open up God's Word to you, inspire you to love God, and grow in the knowledge of Him, and challenge you to live a victorious Christian life. Be blessed as you listen. And Lord, we just ask that you bless this portion as we explore it further tonight. Amen. Uh, for those that um, weren't here last um, Sunday, when we started on this um, series from the book of Joshua chapter 7, uh, it was a study that we tried to look at the downward path of sin. And um, it's an exciting chapter, I'm sure, while Malcolm was reading it, uh, you were following the reading and how it all unfolded. And it reminds me of the scripture that tells us that righteousness exalts a nation, uh, but sin is a reproach to any people. And what we tried doing last week was to establish and to see why God had to respond to the sin in the camp the way he did. Uh, the Israelites already had had victory from Jericho. Uh, Jericho had been already destroyed. and They followed the instructions that God gave them. But here they were experiencing defeat. And Joshua knew that Israel was not meant to turn his back against his enemies. And God had to instruct him and say, there is a problem. Get up from your face. There's no need for you to cry to me. There is sin in the camp. And what we saw in Achan's life was the downward path of sin, what he did. He said he saw, he took, he coveted. And we see all that even unfolding in the lives of many people today. How sin comes through the senses, what we see with our eyes. We crave them. And remember, I, I took us back to Genesis from the very beginning. It was the same strategy of the enemy. Uh, as God said, you should not eat of that tree because she saw it, she desired it for food, and then uh, she took it. And when you come to Scripture, don't forget there is actually in the Scriptures, one of the sins that is spoken a lot about in Scripture is this sin of covetousness, continually desiring to have what you maybe should not uh, have or trying to acquire much more than is necessary and is needed. And that one man's sin brought judgment upon God's people. And I reminded us of the need for us to see that we all are together in this work. When one member suffers, every other member suffers. And that was what God was getting at. It was one man who sinned, but the Bible says Israel had sinned. So when there is sin in our lives, it not just only affects us, but it affects every other thing, every other person around us within the church. Because the church of God is meant to be a place where the power, the presence of God is supposed to be experienced. People come in and they want to sense that awesome presence that God is in our midst. But when sin comes in, it destroys much of what God wants to do. If you remember that scripture again that I showed us in the book of Ecclesiastes that says that one sinner destroys much good. And here you have a classic example of one man, Achan, who sinned against the Lord. Look what did not belong to him. Because if you look at Joshua chapter 7, it says, And the children of Israel, verse 1, committed a trespass. And I told us that word trespass from the Hebrew word ma'al simply means to act undercover. He thought no one was looking at him. He thought that he could get away with it. And sometimes that's what sin is about. Let us do it. Let us commit it. Let us, because God does not see us. But in reality, as the Bible says, he that planted the eyes, can he not see? He that planted the ears, 
will he not see? So here, God sees, God hears, God is watching over his church, and God will also purge the church. And um, that was part of the lessons that we looked at last week. But for tonight, what we are looking at is um, a simple message which I've titled, Take Heed Lest You Fall. And what we are looking at tonight, it is going to be quite short, I know our time is quite spent, is um, the lessons that this defeat at AI, uh, God is trying to use this to teach us. Because when I read this story, one of the things that I see in this story is that the story of AI and Achan is really somehow about how we as Christians can avoid spiritual defeat. Don't forget that chapter 6 talks about the great victory that they had at Jericho. Something miraculous happened. The walls of Jericho fell and the children of Israel went in. But here we have Ai, which was actually a smaller place compared to Jericho. But the children of Israel suffered defeat. And so for us as Christians, the whole matter of spiritual defeat or victory in the spiritual life, maybe in our own lives or even in a nation, uh, we can relate it to these verses of scripture that we've seen here and see what we can learn. And the first thing that we need to take home tonight, and I'm going to say this by way of reflection, things that we need to reflect on tonight, is that sometimes even when we are in a times of, um, uh, of, of, of moments of success, when we think things are going on quite well for us, that is actually the times that we are most vulnerable to temptation. You might ask me, how is that related to the scripture we've read? Look again in chapter 6 in the story of Jericho. And you see there how the children of Israel followed every single instruction that God gave them. And here was Joshua who instantly became a national hero. Something had happened. God had delivered his people. And I'm sure the Israelites were excited at what God had done. But then from one chapter to the next and you come to Ai, you see the children of Israel instantly being defeated. And you ask yourself, what is going on here? And in the scriptures, there is a lot going on in chapter 7, which if you look closely, you begin to see. And that is that we are extremely vulnerable to temptation when we seem to be succeeding or when things seem to be going on well. If you remember in your own life or maybe the times when your back was against the wall or when you had those difficult moments, those were the times when you prayed to God a lot more. Those were the times when you depended on God. Those were the times when you listened to the instructions of God. You were willing to do whatever God wanted you to do. But sometimes when we begin to succeed and things begin to go so well for us, we no longer have that same level of dependence on God as we should. It can be related to a pastor's life as well. Maybe when your church is struggling and trying to grow, you cry unto God, depending on him, asking the Holy Spirit to shed light on the life of the church. But maybe when growth takes place and there is this sudden explosion and things are happening, maybe we are not depending on God as much as we should. And the story of Joshua illustrates this great fruit. God gave him victory over Joshua. He was in total dependence on God. And then you contrast that with chapter 7 where he had this great defeat. And I want you to look at Joshua chapter 7 verse 3. In Joshua 7 verse 3 it says there, And then they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up. And you need to see what is going on in this text. He says, But let about two or three hundred men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there. For the people of Ai are few. And you can see the mentality there. 
What is AI compared to Jericho? We've just experienced this great victory, this great success. Something has happened. And so there's no point to take on a great army to attack this city. We can go and overcome. We can obtain victory. When you look again in this scripture, you don't see Joshua praying. You don't see him sitting down and listening to the voice of God, whether God is saying, because in most of the stories, what you have is them asking God questions. Should we go? Should we attack? The spirit led them at every point in time. But here you have a man and a nation who were so overconfident in the victory that God had already given them. And they thought that that victory would automatically translate to victory in AI. And what was the result? They suffered serious defeat. And this is what can happen to us even in our spiritual lives. That the times when we think we are the strongest, the times when we think that we are very successful, that everything is going on well for us, that is when we need to be careful. That's why the Bible says, let him that thinketh he stands, take it lest he fall. If Joshua conquered Jericho, I'm sure in his thinking, AI will be nothing. They will easily overrun them. But there, something was happening. He never took time to pray. He never took time to seek the face of the Lord. And he thought that he could do it in his own strength. And the lesson there for us is great. That we as Christians can be overrun even by the smallest temptation apart from the strength of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. If you look at um, Joshua uh, verse 5, I want you to please look at verse 5 of Joshua chapter 7. There is a phrase in Joshua chapter 7 verse 5, and this is very insightful. I want you to note this. In verse 5 there, he says in the latter part of it, towards the end of verse 5, he says, therefore, this was after the defeat, he says, therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Now, the last time that expression was used of the people of God was when Rahab described the fear that came upon Jericho. If you go to Joshua chapter 2 verse 11. So keep your hands in Joshua chapter 7 and let's look at Joshua chapter 2 verse 11. And you will see the same expression. Joshua chapter 2 and look at verse 11. And he says there, and as soon as we heard these things, he says, our hearts melted. This was Rahab recounting, telling to uh, the men what happened to them. He says, neither did, uh, did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. So you see the same expression. And that shows you how easily the tables can turn. From one moment of apparent success to a moment of defeat. And this is what happens through to us as well as Christians. That one minute we might think that we are strong, we are victorious, we've overcome the enemy, and we are tri walking, moving triumphantly. But the next minute, their sin is, their temptation is knocking on the door of our hearts. And that's why every single day of your life, of my life, I have to live in dependence on God. When, the thing, when times are good, I depend on Him. When the times are evil, I depend on Him. In the great matters of my life, depend on God. In the small matters of your life, God is also saying, depend on him. And this is quite a sad story because when you look at Joshua, a man who had great confidence in God, but you can see how easy it is for great confidence in God to easily turn into self-confidence. Because it's so easy for me to say, well, I've got this great confidence in God. I know God can show uh, himself strong on my behalf. But without knowing it, gradually, my confidence in God is being substituted 
by self-confidence. I am no longer looking up to God for victory, but I'm now depending on myself, on my skills, on my ability, on my, my, on my know-how to order my step as a person. And this is what God is saying to us. Yesterday's victory will not bring about victory today. No matter what you experienced in the past, you may have defeated Jericho. The walls of Jericho may have crumbled before you, but watch out. There is an air in front of you. There's a little temptation right in front. There's a place that calls for real dependence on God as you move on in your battle. Uh, this, within this week, I was reading uh, the stories of some great men of God whom at the times of their pinnacle, where they were at the pinnacle of their ministries, had great success. But over time, we saw how sin crept in, how things began to erode their relationship with God. And for us, like I said, that is what can happen. Some of us know the televangelists. I wouldn't call any names, but some of them we know. At the height of their ministry, their souls have been saved. Their ministries have spread all over the world. But it got to a point when they began to take things for granted, thinking that because they have come to accomplish so much, that ministry is just like a walk in the park. And we saw how they came down, how they fell. The same thing going on in this story. No consultation, no need to pray. They underestimated the enemy that they were fighting. Did you notice what he said? Look, look at that scripture again in, Judges chapter, in Joshua chapter 7. In verse 3, he says, when they return, he says, do not let all the people go up. He says, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. He says, do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. But when you read further, as I'm going to show us in the subsequent lessons, did they underestimate the enemy? The men of Ai weren't few. In fact, they were in their thousands. And here they were, underestimating the enemy that we're about to face. And that's what we can do as well, even in our work with God. We can underestimate the enemy whom we are battling with. The enemy that we are confronted with, the Bible says, is the prince of this world, the prince of darkness, rulers in heavenly places. And when the Bible calls us to put on the whole armor of God, God knows that this is an enemy that seeks to throw, to overthrow our faith, that seeks to stop us from getting into our inheritance. And we need to know him for who he is. Overconfidence sometimes can destroy and that's why god is calling us be aware of your vulnerabilities i have to be aware of my own vulnerability as well and the second thing you see there that joshua did and this is quite interesting i'm just i'll just share with you and i'll round up on that the second thing that we see in this story was that after joshua uh, noticed that something had happened the bible tells us that he went straight to god and this was quite remarkable because here you see a man who had just experienced great defeat from the joy of victory, of triumph for the to the gloom of defeat. But he knew something was wrong. And what he did was he went back to God. And this tells us that we, even as Christians, can turn defeat into victory if we take it back to God. Joshua knew that something just wasn't right. And the same thing is so easy for Joshua to have explained it away to have said to himself well i only lost 36 men as we have it in the story he could have said that and said there's nothing wrong all is well let's carry on with the battle but joshua did not do that he knew that israel was not meant to turn away from his enemy just as you know it and i know it that as christians we are not meant to live to be defeated by sin and when we see sin having its way in our lives 
We know something isn't right. It calls for repentance. It calls for us crying unto God and saying, Lord, show me what is wrong in my life. What do I need to do to mend that relationship I have with you? But sometimes we glance over sin, we look over it, and we feel that all is well. But what we have Joshua doing here is Joshua knew there was a reversal of fortune. He knew there was a life-threatening situation. He knew that something had to be done about it, and he went straight to God. And I like the prayer that Joshua prayed. If you look at that prayer there in, from verse 6, look at verse 6 of Joshua chapter 7. He says there that Joshua tore his clothes, fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord. He says, until evening. This was a man who really wanted a solution. He wanted an answer. And he knew that the answer can't be found anywhere else. It's just like in your life, if you're facing some life-threatening situation or something is going on that just isn't right, where do you turn to? Where do you run to? When you see yourself being held back again in bondage to sin, what do you do? Where do you run to? It says there, he tore his clothes, a sign of brokenness, and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. The ark of the Lord signifying the presence of God because he wanted to be sure. God, are you still there for us? Are you still there and your people are being defeated? In the same way, we as Christians can ask those questions. God, what is going on? I look into my life, I can't sense that joy, that vibrancy that I'm expected to experience as a Christian. When you go to God, that is your heart cry. And he says there, and he did that from morning to, to the evening, both he and the elders of Israel. And they put dust on their head. And look at what Joshua said. He says, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought those people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? He says, Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. Now, mind you, Joshua, what he was doing here, he wasn't accusing God of trying to kill the people, just like some of the Israelites did when they complained against God. But what he's just saying is that we understand, God, that you're a God who who's promised to give your people the victory. And we are not supposed to run from the enemy. We are meant to overcome. And so he was presenting that before God. And he says in verse 8 there, he says, Oh Lord, what shall I then say when Israel, and that's the point, when Israel turns his back before the enemy. When Israel turns his back. In other words, God's people are made to move forward. God's people are supposed to be triumphant. But if that isn't happening in our lives, in our spiritual work with God, we need to be asking serious questions. And I think that God does honor this kind of open transparency. If you look at um, verse, uh, verse 9 there, he now says, For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it, and they will surround us and cut off your name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name was pleading with the name of God? It's just like people looking at you and saying, Well, you claim that you're a Christian, but how come they can't see the victory, they can't see the joy of those who claim to be Christians? What is going on? Your life doesn't reflect that, that change and transformation. And he was saying, Lord, what will you do for your great name? And look at verse 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, and this is where the turnaround begins, where defeat is being turned into victory once again. And God began to speak to him and says to him, get up, why do you lie on your face? Israel has sinned. And this is a great bold statement that God made to Joshua. Israel has sinned and I believe that when we go to God truly in our hearts crying out to him seeking for solutions asking him to search our hearts and know us God will reveal to us what exactly 
is going on in our life. God honors this kind of prayer. When we go to God, we don't go to him pretending that all is well. We don't go to him in our self-righteousness that there is nothing wrong. When we go to him, the Bible tells us, he that covers his sins shall not prosper. But when we expose it, when we bring it to the surface, that is when we begin to experience the blessings that God releases into our life. And Joshua knew this. And when God said to him, Israel has sinned, look at what God said. He said, and he have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. They have taken some of their cursed things and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their stuff. And in verse 12, he now says to him, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn. In other words, this is the problem. This is what has happened. They couldn't stand before their enemies because sin has been introduced. And tonight, what God is saying to us is that we can turn defeat back into victory. If we can be honest and come to God, open up our hearts to him, ask him to search us and to know us, Ask him to give us that grace that we need once again for that relationship that we had with him. There's this song I remember we used to sing. Uh, it says, take me back to the place where I once met you. And in our walk with God, sometimes that's what happens. You know, we need to rediscover our first love. Maybe over the years, something has happened. Something had crept in and has polluted that relationship. And maybe God might be saying to us, you need to go back to the place where you first met Jesus. You need to go back to that place to remind yourself of what it means to have a relationship with him. It's about a covenant. And God said here that they have broken that covenant. They have transgressed. They have taken what did not belong to them and put it among their own stuff. And I think that tonight is a time for us, I would call soul searching. Yes, there can be moments of success, times when things can be going on well for us, but at the same time, we have to be careful. Let him that think he stands, take heed, lest he falls. And I'm sure that some of us here tonight, we can relate this into our own lives. That the times that you thought things were okay, that was actually the time when you needed to be extremely careful in your relationship with God. I have gone through times like that, and there will still be times like that in my own life, that as a pastor, as a Christian, as a father, as a husband to my wife, that I will still go through that I need to watch out. He that thinks that he stands, take heed. AI might be little. The things ahead of you might be little. But those little things, as the Bible says, it is the little foxes that can spoil the vine. And I pray that God will give us understanding in these matters. Shall we pray tonight? If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, why not join us in worship at the Dingle Mount Church or log on to our website, at www.dinglemount.org for more information. Thank you for listening.